BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. This is a bit of a sad episode for me today because I... You know, I'm telling you something from the bottom of my heart and it's just, just, it's a sad subject. And if I didn't have a platform like this, I wouldn't have to talk about it at all, but I do. And I want to be honest and open with you guys always. And I hope that maybe it could help someone else, you know, going through something. But essentially, uh, my boyfriend and I, we broke up and it sucks. Like breakups are really hard and shitty no matter what happened, no matter, you know, what the situation was, breakups are really hard and, and it's hard not to feel like a failure. Like I obviously, you know, wanted this to be something that worked, but the reality is that ultimately, you know, Max and I, my ex were not at least right now, working. And that doesn't mean that we wouldn't and won't in the future. But, you know, I just want to be transparent with you about that because I don't feel like it'd be genuine to not address things. And I've been getting a lot of questions from you guys. I feel like, you know, you're pretty smart and can understand or or at least realize that um, I haven't been talking about a boyfriend recently or, or posting anything. And, you know, there are good days and bad days. I I'm not going to get into exactly what happened just out of respect for for him. But there's no bad blood between us. There's there's no bad energy. He's an amazing, incredible person. And I feel so lucky that I was able to get to know him and our lives were able to intertwine and I will be forever grateful for that. Um, You know, sometimes no matter what, no matter how much love and respect you have for one another, it's just, it just doesn't work. And I think that to have that realization before taking that next step is really a blessing. And so many people don't have that realization. And so many people, you know, end up going forward and getting married and having kids when they're not necessarily sure if they're with the right person. And I think it's so brave to have that check-in. And, you know, if you are unsure, it's okay to, to take that scary risk because, you know, everything is on the other side of that. And so whatever your situation is, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on, you know, your own situations and, and hopefully being able to give advice from my perspective of what I've just gone through. But, you know, it's, it's really hard and I have so much love for him. As I mentioned before, I always will. But right now I need to be alone. And and by the way, that doesn't mean anything that I've said thus far about my relationship and about him and about how I felt isn't true because it 
is true and always will be true. It was the healthiest relationship I've ever been in to this day. Everything about it was so many green flags in in the way that it started and in, you know, I was treated so well and respected and, you know, everything in terms of that, like nothing changes. He, you know, it was still an incredible relationship, but sometimes relationships are meant to be learned from and not necessarily to be the end all be all. And that's okay. And I think, you know, you find that out after, you know, we were almost dating for two years. So you find that out after you've been together and you really start to know each other. And he truly was, I mean, you know, I make fun of people saying this, but he truly was my best friend. So it, it really hurts in losing a friend and it sucks. It really does. But this happened a few weeks ago now, I think maybe a month ago now. So I am trying to pick up the pieces, but it's hard and there's no, and now I am back into the perspective of like someone who's single and, or, or someone who's just gotten out of a relationship. And I understand, you know, it's all about your own time. Don't rush anything. Don't go on dates again if you don't feel ready because if you were with someone who was incredible like I was you're going to compare and you're going to feel you're going to feel shitty if the person doesn't you know treat you well or text you or you know it's all about spending time together with yourself and figuring out what you need and what you're looking for before you kind of emerge back into the world of dating. So don't feel rushed if you're in a similar position. And also, I just wanted to say, like, there are some things not to say to someone going through a breakup. Luckily for me, I have a great therapist and I was able to talk to my therapist about setting boundaries for when I told people I was going through this. And I mean, setting boundaries as in like, you know, telling people this is what I'm going through. You know, we broke up, but I don't want to hear your opinion. And and you could say you don't want to hear their opinion for any number of reasons, whether it's because you might get back together or because you genuinely just don't want to hear someone's opinion. But every now and then people are going to share their opinion and there's nothing you can do about it, unfortunately. And that has definitely you know, it comes up. And so this isn't actually just things that people have said to me. These are things in in general. But I was talking to another friend who just recently went through a breakup. And he was saying there are certain things that people say to him that are not cool. So one of those things, so things not to say to someone during a breakup. Anything negative about the person that they were just dating. So for example, like, oh yeah, I didn't think that they were blah, blah, blah for you. Or I thought that you were better. Or I thought that they, you know, could have been nicer. Whatever whatever they have to, you have to say, if it's negative about the person they dated, do not say that. Another thing not to say is something like, oh yeah, I never saw you together. Or another thing, like, I thought that the things you were dealing with would never work for me. Like just anything negative or triggering or, you know, hurtful is what, and maybe sometimes people think they're helping when they say these things to people going through breakups. I think the one thing that, you know, focusing on what you should say or can say is just, you're so strong and I love you. And I'm here if you want to talk and checking in, how are you? I think it's really telling on how your friends react to your breakups and if they check in on you and, you know, all of that stuff. Because I feel like I'm personally getting older. I'm 29 now. And a lot of my friends are in their own worlds and that's okay. But when someone is going through something, it's so important to check in and it's noticed like I'll, I remember the friends that have checked in on me. Not that like I 
don't feel good about the ones that haven't, but it's just this really nice thing because no matter how many times someone might say they're okay, there are good days and bad days and there are going to be times when they're not okay. So just to be there for someone is really nice. And anyway, that's all I'm going to share about it today. I am really grateful for all of you for listening. And when I'm ready, I can start to talk about dating again and what that's been like. But for now, um, I just wanted to tell you this. And I think that you're going to really enjoy the episode today. Jonathan has gone through so much and has a really unique perspective. And we disagreed on a few things, which is always a fun episode. So enjoy and um, feel free to write a review or reach out if you have or are going through a breakup yourself. Okay. Thanks, guys. I don't know about you, but my bathroom shower is an absolute shit show. I love how I said bathroom shower as if I have a shower in the living room, but it's like filled with half or quarter used bottles of shampoos and conditioner. And I just never know which one to use. And I always feel like I have to switch it up. It's really a disaster. And honestly, I just needed something that I knew was for me and I could use every time I wash my hair. So for me, Function of Beauty is the best hair care brand right now that's out there. It's totally customizable, whether you have curly hair, straight hair, natural hair, processed hair. It formulates every bottle based on your unique hair type, your style preferences, and your hair goals. So you just take a little four-question quiz. It takes two seconds. And because I love you guys, you go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme and you can get 20% off your first purchase. So you can totally try it. Basically, you tell them all about your hair. You can customize your formula with a fragrance or color, like if you like your hair smelling one type of way. And you can go dye and fragrance-free if you want. And it's all vegan, cruelty-free, no sulfates, parabens, like none of that bad, harmful ingredients. I personally do not use any shampoos with sulfates anymore. They're just not good for you. So go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme, take your quiz, and then save 20% off your first order. Don't spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme to let them know that we sent you functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. I hope you enjoy. Let me know if you have any questions. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram and it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with self-love advocate, Jonathan Astley. Yay! Did I say it right? (laughs) You said it right. Okay, good. How's it going? It's going great, thanks. How about yourself? Yeah, it's good. We're here in LA in the studio, so if we're sounding extra extra crisp, you know why. (laughs) So Jonathan, how old are you and where are you from? Oh, how old am I? I'm 57 Mm. and I'm from Los Angeles. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, born and raised right here. Very cool. Yeah. And what is your current relationship status as we are a dating podcast? Oh, I have to confess I'm single. <laughs> okay, there's nothing and wrong looking. with being single. No, I don't mean it that way. It's just, yeah. You know, it's funny. I get tired of always asked, why are you single? Mm. Like, it's not like I'm making not making effort. I just haven't found that person that I really connect with. Yeah, you can't force it. Wait, so then who are you going to this Disney hall with? <laughs> Is it a date? Yeah, it's a date, but it's my best friend. And because he doesn't have a girlfriend, uh-huh. he's invite. I'm always his date when he doesn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> right. So maybe you'll, you know, meet someone there. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard because it's a stuffy place mm. and it's all cramped where you're sitting. Yeah, yeah. Although they does have third row center seats. So mm, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> so um Jonathan, when is your birthday? Because we're into astrology on this sure. podcast. I'm August 1st. I'm a Leo. Oh, of course. Love that. Love that. <laughs> Can you tell? 
I can kind of. <laughs> One of my best friends is is Aaliyah with that same same birthday, actually. Yeah. So it's a good one. It's a good Yeah, the birthday. world revolves around us. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. We all know it. And I think I have like three signs in the house of Leo. So it's not really? like I'm just a Leo. It's like I'm a mega Leo. <laughs> a super Leo. Definitely. Uh, so let's talk about your book for a little bit. Sure. It's called What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? Yeah. So what's like the biggest takeaway from the book or like, let's say, you know, your favorite chapter or most necessary? Mm. Well, just to give you a little backstory. So um, as a dating and relationship coach, and I mostly work with women over 40 years old, helping them to understand men, I began writing blogs about self-love. You know, just the idea of, you know, in dating is you have to fill your own love cup before you can love another kind of thing. You have right. to love yourself before you love another kind of concept. So I started to write blogs on that. And then in July of 2018, I lost my 19-year-old son in an accident. And I am, you know, I as a parent and anyone who has a child knows this, our greatest fear is something happening to our children. Yeah. And you know, in that moment, I realized what every parent's nightmare was. And I made a conscious effort to say, I'm going to grieve with love. I don't want to grieve with suffering. I want to choose to, how can I lean into, how can I lean into this experience through love instead of fear and suffering? And I remember bringing that up at the eulogy. And I said to everyone, oh, from this point forward, you know, I mean, I'm feeling pain, but I'm also going to lean into love. And two months after he passed, I made a commitment to write, I had this idea, write this book about what the heck is self-love anyway. And um, one of my dear friends, uh, Catherine Woodward Thomas, who wrote the book Calling in the One, she really encouraged me to you know, get this book written. And nine months after he passed, I had published it. I literally just wanted to crank it out. So you asked about chapters. Um, and this really... Am I not allowed to curse here? Oh, please. Okay. Curse away. <laughs> the reason why I ask is um, one of the chapters, and it relates to what we were just talking about earlier about the um, four agreements, is the chapter is don't let anyone fuck with your chi. Mm. And the idea is, is not to allow others to affect your experience. And that was actually what my son was brilliant at. He had this ability to if people had an issue with them, he's like, that's your problem, not my problem. Right. And that he had that at a very young age, mm -hmm. which was very surprising to me because his brother was frustrated. His brother would get frustrated at everyone's, right. you know, whereas he was just, he was like Teflon. Mm. And that particular chapter is really leaning into the idea that, look, anyone who has an issue with you, that's a, their projection. That's on them, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that in relationship, you're, you don't work, like if you're in a, coupled relationship, you're not going to work through things, mm. but their opinion of you is their projection, is, right. is theirs, not yours. Right. And so self-love is really stepping into, I feel good about myself all day long. Right. It's not being affected by the feelings of other people. Exactly. Or taking them personally, which we were just talking about before we started recording about how it's so important not to take anything personally. Yeah. But it's hard. Oh my gosh, of course it's hard because we're-, yeah. we're we're literally raised with layer upon layer upon layer of expectations that we get our validation from other people. Mm. And what's so fascinating is most people, and I'm, I'm generalizing here, don't do it for themselves. Right. And that was the impetus and the, you know, what wanted, why I wanted to write this book. Yeah, that's so important. I actually just went through an experience where I, years ago, um, when I was dating, I met this guy and like we vibed and then afterwards he didn't really you know get in touch and then like I, I think it was like a whole day went by and he said something to me like sorry I was in 24-hour therapy okay and I thought that that was so weird like I thought it was like made <laughs> up that he was like you know trying to ghost me and like not be a dick and so <laughs> I, I thought that he just like you know made that up and I felt so insecure about it and like was not in self-love okay. that I tried to protect myself from not saying anything ever again to him and like okay. letting that, you know, potential die. And then I found out recently that he was going through something really sad with his yeah. own family and mm. they were in like a 24 hour family therapy type of thing. But it's like, 
it's a perfect perfect example of like when you're not in self love, like everything. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you make up stories in your head so of what's going on, and you have to detach from that stuff. I remember I dated a woman some years back uh, after my divorce, and while it didn't work out, we became good friends. And the next, I think it was the second date she went on after we uh, ended. The guy totally blew her off first mm. date. And she's waiting at the restaurant. She's waiting at the restaurant. Terrible. And then she's there about an hour. And then it turns out that the hostess or the concierge or whatever came and says, because recognized her, or not recognized her, asked who she was. And it turned out her date had a terrible car accident. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like literally calling from an ambulance. No To way. tell her. But she had made up all this story. I've been stood up right. and all this stuff. And and sadly, most of the time, it's not something exactly. like this. It is, you got stood up. Exactly. And <laughs> but, we always want to tell our friends like, no, maybe this happened to him. Exactly. But it was like the guy had a terrible car oh accident. Oh God, I hope he was okay. It, it turns out he was okay. Okay, but oh, now that I think about it, it was his sister that got a hold of the restaurant right. and got a hold of her. But did they but, end up going out again? I think they ended up out, and there was no chemistry right. <laughs> after all of that. <laughs> but it's more fascinating the stories we make up in our heads to rationalize whatever we're experiencing. Yeah, and it's our ego and fear kind of meshing together, mm-hmm. and what it's doing is pushing out love. And so rather than immediately go to the worst place, which oftentimes as humans we tend to do, it's leaning into, well, how would love respond in this particular situation? What would love do? And that's the way I've approached the book, and that's the way I'm approaching life for Mm -hmm. myself because that experience shifted everything for me. And now, I mean, it's a year and a half later. Interesting enough, last night I was communicating with my son's best friend via mm-hmm. text messaging. And he was sending me all these videos of them together. And it was just a great expression of love between two people. And I got to see my son's eyes through his, my son through his friend's mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. And we never really get to see another human being from someone else's eyes, right. as a parent, I mean. Not never, but rarely, I should yeah. say. So anyway, that's, that's my favorite chapter. <laughs> yeah. So what if you are g- going through a breakup and let's say like you're, you know, dumped for the first time. Yeah. How do you, or, you know, the second or third time, whatever it might be, <laughs> how do you respond with love to that situation? So it's imagine that we, imagine that we all have a little kid inside of us. Okay. So we have the adult and imagine the little kid inside of us is going, oh, I feel really bad and I feel hurt and everything. How would you treat the little kid? If, let's let's mm. say this differently. If this was a little child, what would you say? You would be nurturing. You would give love. You'd give hugs. You would just want to comfort them and support them. So it's the same premise as how do we fill that up inside of ourselves? And so like the first chapter in my book is called Speak Your Truth, Do It With Kindness. And the truth means what you're feeling. And it's okay to feel crappy. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be, you know, like pissed off mm-hmm. and yell. But but if you're going to communicate with someone else, my invitation is to do it with kindness always. Because what's the point of doing it with, you know, with hate or anger? Mm-hmm. There's no benefit to it. None. So I was Googling you earlier and okay. I found some of your YouTube videos, oh, gosh. which <laughs> I loved. And I wrote down two that caught my eye, and I wanted to ask you about them. Okay. The first one, it was called Men Need This to Fall in Love. Okay. So tell me, what do men need <laughs> oh God, to fall in I love? what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've observed that, you know, we've shifted from a world before the internet and before smartphones is when we men spent time with women, it was usually doing things together. It was experiences. Mm. And it's through experiences that we actually fall in love with someone. It's through the doing. And what shifted in the last 20 years was we've shifted to kind of a virtual way of connecting with people. So what's oftentimes missing is that experience. It's like, and then with those experiences, you go, God, remember when we went on this trip together? Remember when we did this together? It's through those experiences that we can actually connect with another human being. That's so true. And it's not happening as much today because our experience is through our smartphones. Yeah. I feel like whenever I like have gone through a breakup yeah. and the person has reached out, what they usually have to say is like, remember when we did this and remember when we did that, you know, it's always 
like at least for me with men experience related like that's yeah. how they find their emotions for the most part that's true i mean of course i encourage now since i work with women i really encourage them to help guys flush out their emotional side by expressing their own feelings in a kind way <laughs> you know and the more you express your feelings it gives an it's an invitation or an opportunity for the guy to do the same and women a lot of coaches are telling women not to express your feelings don't you know tell men thinking questions instead of feeling questions. And I'm saying bullshit to that. Go straight to feelings. Really? Because that's the most important thing ultimately in relationship is our emotional, our, our heart. Right. So why focus on the head when the most important part of every relationship is the heart? I agree, but I'm also very old school in that like, yeah. I want the guy to talk about his feelings, at least in like, like as a heterosexual with me yeah. before I talk about my feelings with them because I feel like men are still like, the, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm and we'll but I feel like men are still so simple in that Yeah, they want to feel like, you know, they went out and they, you know, found you dinner and they brought it to you as opposed to dinner just being on their doorstep. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's really like, they still want to feel like the hunter gatherer type. And when it just, put in front of them and like, oh, I, I love you so much. Like, do you love me? Like, that's just, in my experience, like the guy just shuts shuts down. Well, that's a little bit different what you're expressing when you say that you love someone because expressing your feelings a different, you know, is like, let's look at feelings. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling grateful. I'm feeling appreciative. Uh, you know, um, I'm feeling agitated. Those are actual feelings. When you're just saying the words, I love you first, that is a little bit different and I would agree. What's maybe slightly different between us is my demographic is mostly in that midlife category. Mm. So what happens is after a man turns about 38 to 40, his testosterone levels start to decrease right. and his estrogen levels actually begin to increase. Really? So they're actually starting to tapping into that emotional side. Now, why I nodded my head before is if you want to help a man express his feelings, lead by example. So if you're waiting for him, you could be waiting for the dark ages. Right. So begin to lead by example by expressing your feelings in a non-confrontational way, in a very loving way, and it gives him the invitation or the opportunity to do the same. But like what what feeling would or should you express if you're like in the early stages of dating someone? If it's not the I love you, you know, what's something else that you could say? Well, I've always liked, I like you a lot. <laughs> it's kind of corny. In fact, I looked up the French version of that. It's not, it's not J-Tem. It's because that's, that's love. Right. But there's another word for like, um, mm. and I just can't think of it right now. But just say, hey, I really enjoy your company. I really, I feel good when I'm with you. It's, it's so, as simple as that. It's so funny because I am the opposite of that. Like yeah. I cannot ever say I like you to a guy. And the reason is, is because, and, and again, maybe we're talking about different age, like yeah. different ages and different stages yeah. of, of a man's life, but the guys I've dated are probably 38, younger than 38. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I'm hanging out with you, if I'm kissing you, if I'm texting with you, if maybe if we're having sex, I don't need to say I like you because Obviously, I like you. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing these things. Okay, I'm going to nod my head again. To you. <laughs> okay, but all right. So can I respond to yes. that? Yes. All right. So it's interesting because I've talked to so many divorced men. When I became a coach was to help women understand divorced men. Right. And the one consistency that, I mean, if the one common denominator almost every man shared was they didn't feel appreciated in relationship. Wow. So- just because you show up, you're there. Okay, you're, you're almost saying, well, I'm here. Isn't that saying enough? What we also want, both as human beings, it's because deep down we don't love ourselves enough to know this. Right. We want to hear that validation. We want to hear that appreciation. I really appreciated when you took me out to dinner. When I really appreciated when you do this. Mm. Start you, and by the way, specifically the words appreciation, gratitude, and blessed. Let me repeat that for your audience. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Appreciation, gratitude, and bless. Because I'll give you a couple examples. The word thank you. 
is so overused. I mean, right. we say it when we, you know, when someone opens the elevator for us, when they open a door for us, whatever we say, we say thank you. It's become so just commonplace that it doesn't have the same charge in it. So when you share to someone, hey, I really appreciated that you did this, or I'm really grateful that you did this, or I'm so blessed you're in my life. Those are powerful words. And they really sink deep into the heart mm-hmm. for someone who's open to receive. Not every man is open to receive or right. a woman. Many people are closed and they're unable to truly receive love of any kind mm. of kindness. So, but start, but by practicing it, it actually invites it from the guy as well. Yeah. And then going back to divorced men, okay. I have this theory that like a divorced man is the best person to marry because <laughs> like they're not going to fuck up again. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Well, you made an assumption they fucked up. <laughs> not that they no, fucked up. I knew up. what you meant. No, I knew what like, you meant. They, but I'm just... They're not gonna like make the wrong choice, which I feel like, right, has to have happened yes. if they're divorced. So both men and women oftentimes after divorce are looking not to fuck up. Yeah. But what happens is then they become ultra picky. Right. Because I don't want to fuck up. (laughs) I don't want to make another mistake. So what happens oftentimes for men and women is that they become even more picky. Mm. That's the byproduct of that. Here's the thing, though, about divorce. I'll share with you a story. I remember when I went through my divorce, um, I was online dating. I was about five months in, and I think my profile said separated. And I wrote this one woman, and she wrote me back. She goes, are you separated? I go, yeah. She goes, how long? I go, five months. She goes, write me after it's been 18 to 24 months and you've had one or two transition girlfriends. Uh, that's and I'm hilarious. Like, I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm really ready. I'm really ready. I'm uh-huh. really ready. And then I met a woman, the one I was sharing with you before, the uh-huh. one that had the car accident situation. Nine months after I moved out of the house, great relationship, great person. And three months in, I so wasn't ready. Right. I kept thinking I was ready, but I hit my wall. And sure enough, um, Two years later, I ran into that same woman on the dating app Mm. a couple of years later. And I wrote her, I go, you were so right. It takes a couple of years to unravel the tapestry of your life with another human being. And then to remend your own sovereignty from that. Mm. And oftentimes people right after divorce, they go from one relationship to the next to the next without really healing inside of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on men going to therapy? Because I, you know, another one of my theories is that men don't go to therapy until they have to go to therapy because God forbid they lost a parent or they're going through a divorce or something, you know, just unfortunate happens to them. Well, what's interesting for my demographic, which is the baby boom or the Gen X Mm -hmm. uh, group of men and women is that is relatively true. I've noticed though, with millennials and with certainly the Gen Zs, they have a greater propensity for therapy because their parents went to therapy because they're the byproduct of the divorces that happened, right. you know, yeah. uh, in the uh, you know in the two thousands and whatnot. So I'd say men are more open to it. Younger men are, mm. older men are not. And quite frankly, that's a huge benefit. That's that's one of the real benefits for the younger generation is that they're actually seeking talk therapy. They're actually going out and doing personal development, self-help, spiritual work. In fact, my book is the catalyst. It's the, the invitation I make in the book is that for people to go seek out personal development, self-help, and spiritual work, as well as therapy and workshops and that sort of thing. Yeah. And what... Um... Like, so you mentioned you were single in the beginning. What yeah. what are you doing now to meet people, if anything? Are you on God, I was swiping apps? like a ton before yeah. we got started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on most dating apps. Yeah. I'm on I'm on the swipe apps. Mm-hmm. I, I sadly though, it's changed in the last half decade. Yeah. But when there wasn't swipe apps, people actually used online dating profiles right. and there was a little bit more depth to the profile. Oh yeah, so much more information and they could yeah. say like you're an 86% match and things like that. Whereas now it's just like your face. It's a photo and that's it. Yeah, And exactly. sadly, <laughs> the photographs are all so crap. I mean, yeah. like both men and women. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm tired of the Snapchat crap that's all over someone's oh, face. Oh yeah, or, the filters. Yeah, I'm like, it's like ridiculous. And then of course, uh, you know, out of focus photos, sunglasses, that sort of thing. Right. So it's hard because what happens is we 
and I, I'm guilty of this. I swipe because I like the dopamine hit. Right. Someone swipe me, yay. And then I look at their profile, nah, and then I go back and delete it. Yeah. <laughs> and what, it happens to me too. <laughs> what's something that would make you go back and delete them? Um, it might be that I, you know, that we might have a compatibility difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I want to get into my personal stuff publicly per se, but there might be, you know, like a religious difference or a political right. difference or maybe a child rearing difference or that sort of thing. And so at first glance, might be fine. But then once I read the profile, I'm like, oh, we're probably not going to, I want, we're probably not going to be a match. Mm-hmm. Although we could always do the, you just never know. Yeah. And and oftentimes when photos are suspect, you might go, God, there was one good photo, but the rest no, were lame. Yeah, you can't rely it's like, on that. <laughs> it's, whatever you see, it's right. going to be. And it, I'm not judging the person. I'm judging what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think photos actually help us create at least that first level of connection. Definitely. That first, remember you said before, vibe. Right. And so if we vibe with someone, we're more apt to be enthusiastic on the date. Right. Agreed. Yeah, I think that like when you're on the dating apps, it's that first conversation. It's why it's so important not to just be like, hi, how are you? <laughs> you know, but to say something that like, you know, kind of gets the small talk out of the way. And that's when you can tell if there's a vibe or not. So I um, I have a little acronym that I recommend for my clients. It's called ICE, which, you know, is <laughs> the only reason why is be inquisitive be complimentary and be enthusiastic. So that first exchange, if there's, if you're asking a deep question on something you saw on their profile, be inquisitive, throw in a compliment. We men rarely get compliments in the yeah. day. Women get a gazillion compliments. You're gorgeous, you're hot, you're stunning, blah, right. blah, blah. Give a guy a compliment and, be in, and throw in an enthusiastic emoji. Yeah. And then once you begin to engage with someone, I recommend being, you know, be appreciative. Going back to what I said before right. about appreciation, always use the word appreciation. It really has a powerful effect of helping you connect with another human being. Right. Yeah. I, I always like it when like you're initially talking to someone and you mention like, oh, I have a big presentation tomorrow. Yeah. And they will actually follow up and be like, how was your presentation? Yeah. I would be like, oh, I appreciate you remembering that. Exactly. Yeah. And and here's the thing when people dialogue, do you notice that most people dialogue via text and they yeah. just respond without acknowledging what the other person just said? Mm. So learn to acknowledge or not necessarily validate, but acknowledge what someone said, then write what you want to share. Because right. that's that helps us feel seen, heard, and understood. Mm-hmm. And for both men and women, it's I think this is the challenge with this form of communication, is that people are just playing ping pong with each other and they're not going deeper right. with each other by asking more provocative questions and then validating those questions. And when I say validate, I mean acknowledging. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we talk about sex a little bit on this podcast, Great. and I <laughs> I'm doing a I'm doing a <laughs> webinar for my membership about sex. Oh, really? Perfect, so perfect timing. timing. Yeah. <laughs> so I I pretty much am you know again traditional about this. Okay. In that I I don't think you should have sex on a first date unless you've met prior like you were friends before or there was some like prior connection. But let's yeah. say you're meeting up from a dating app. You don't know this person. They're a complete stranger. And like you go home with them on the first date and you have sex. I think if you want something more than sex, you should not have it on the first date. And there's like tons of reasons behind that. But basically it's that like establishing a connection is so much more fun when you haven't done that yet. Like the buildup is fun. The tension is fun. But what's your opinion on that? And also, (laughs) do you think that age has something to do with it? Like, you know, once you're, I don't know, over 40, it doesn't matter. If it's sex on or not. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, I tell my clients, I have a little acronym. Uh, it's called uh, CARES. And that is have sex when you feel comfortable. Mm. Be, that's the C. Yeah. Uh, so um, when you feel comfortable, the A stands be aware of the consequences. In other words, your emotional consequences. Right. Um, R, learn his real intentions. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which is hard to do before our first date. Mm-hmm. E stands for, I'm a big proponent. If you're going to have regular sex, it be exclusive or mm-hmm. monogamous. And the S stands for safety. Um, I'm not opposed to first date sex because who am I here to judge anyone's choices? Mm-hmm. I have noticed though, it takes about a hundred hours of face-to-face time 
to truly get to know another human being. I mean, to get to know them at a deeper level. And so, and I usually say, I call it my 10 date rule. It takes about 10 dates to really develop the beginnings of a relationship. I'm not saying it can't happen sooner, but somewhere between the seventh and 10th date, if you've spent that much time, you've actually gotten past the surface level of getting to know one another. Um, Here's the thing about sex. Sex is how we make our decision-making for men, as Mm. men, women now, sex is how we decide if we want a commitment with someone. Right. So it's part of the decision-making process. But wouldn't you say that like the first sex you have with someone is never... the best sex you're going to have with them. It's not necessarily like such an indicator. I feel like men get so excited the first time they're having sex with like a new person that, you know, things happen quickly and not as, you know, (laughs) great as it could. Again, we're talking about 20-year-old men. Uh, it's a whole different ballgame in my age category. Uh, true, true. It's usually the opposite. It's yeah. like, God, I wish I could come. <laughs> um, well, it depends on how much alcohol is involved, right, you know, right. and mutual alcohol. In other words, you've both been drinking. Mm. Um, you know, it, it takes time to really get to know someone at an intimate level, both right. on a physical intimacy and emotional intimacy. And most people are kind of throwing darts against the wall. Yeah. Because they haven't really gotten to know who they are themselves, hence why self-love is so important. Mm -hmm. When one becomes truly integrated in who they are, at least beginning the process of awareness, then they actually have better experiences in the bedroom as well. Because they're not coming at it from that egoic place. Most humans operate on what's the benefit for me. And women are just as guilty of this as men. You know, men get crucified for this or, you know, but women are just, the dating process is very much what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. May, not, may not be said, but it really is. And so my approach is a more compassionate way is what can I give instead of what can I get? Right. And then to going back to the 10 dates, yeah. are, are you like, do you suggest people be drinking on all these dates? Like, do you do you like the idea of having some like sober hangouts to, oh God, to get yeah. to know each other kind of in those 10? Absolutely. I and I like uh, my recommendation is to do such things as I mean, if your first meeting is coffee or a cocktail, you mm-hmm. know, that's how we kind of meet the especially since most people are meeting through an online connection. So it's not even a date. You're just meeting them to decide right. if you want a date. I'm a big proponent of walks, hikes, uh, doing social activities. Um, not, not, much, not much hiking opportunity in New York City. Okay. Well, you can still walk. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. not at this time of year. It's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little spoiled here. I live at the yeah. beach and it's 72 degrees Seriously. year round. Uh, <laughs> um, but do, well, you can go to, a, you know, go someplace where you can walk and talk right. and right. get to know each other. I remember a second date I had once was at Disneyland amazing that was her choice that's the best choice ever she sounds like a keeper oh no well if well i wished it had turned out but it didn't Mm -hmm. um but what was interesting is she recommended it and what's so fascinating within my personality is i hate lines i'm incredibly impatient so you got a fast pass no no but no so here's the thing yeah when you get to disneyland 20 minute just to park the car or maybe a half hour then just to get the tram took 20 minutes Mm. then it took 40 minutes to get a ticket. And I'm like, you, and I told her this ahead of time. She she was really cool about it because yeah. I gave her a heads up. Then we get in the park and then every ride you're waiting, you know, about a half hour or so. Um, but what was great was all that time waiting in line. You we just to talked to what Exactly. Yeah. It turned out to be the best date because right. we interacted with each other. Right. That's really nice. So I read something today that I want to get your opinion on. Okay. My dad actually sent it to me and he was like, this could be interesting for your podcast. It was like a an author of dating of dating books. Okay. And it's a she's a female. And she was giving some tips. And I just wonder your opinion on it. She okay. said they asked her first date rules. She said 30 minute coffee slash juice slash drink. Um, dates only. This is essential. Never give away a whole night to someone you've only quote unquote met online. This will keep the expectations in check, save you from awkwardly needing to fake a stomach cramp later and allow you to just be yourself. If you agree on a second date, that's when you go to the dinner table, the dinner date. If you're still game for a third date, then the sky's the limit. Yeah. 
So I listen to that and I go, well, that's a rule. Right. And we should throw rules out the fucking window. Mm. Okay. Yes, that's one way to approach it. And um, and frankly, chances are you're suspect to begin with. Right. Like if you're following that rule, it's because you're meeting someone you already have doubts about. Yeah. Now, when I, and I'm differentiating between doubts and, you know, like a, just an unawareness because you just haven't connected with them. But if you're going in with a predisposed doubt and you're setting it up that way, chances are you're not going to be present for the day to begin with. You're going to be going, okay, I got 30 minutes. I got 30. Right. Literally be thinking about that and you won't be present. Because I know some of the happiest couples are the ones that had six hour first dates. Right. So yeah. be careful of the rules of dating. The simple rule is show up with an open heart do your best to not be in judgment and treat this person like you would treat your closest best friend. Yeah, I, I love the friend rule. Yeah. I actually I had a shitty experience uh, dating a few years back. I went on a date with this guy to a bar. Yeah. And we got drinks. And um, he, after one drink, he was like, Do you want to order food? And I was like, Sure. And then he had the audacity to say, I wasn't planning on it, but the drinks went well or something like that. Okay. Meaning like he was following some kind of rule that like we're just doing drinks, no food, unless the drinks go well, in which case I'll allow us to order food. Okay. And I was just so turned off by that. Like yeah. it was like I'm on, like you're calling the shots and you're in control and you get to decide if we eat and like if we're fed. It was just like such a, ugh, it just rubbed me the wrong way. So, so the rules are just- Can I share vibes. something? Yeah. So first off, I have compassion for him. Mm. And I'm share with you why. Tell because me. obviously it was like it was just a faux pas. Right. You know, he shouldn't have said that out loud. Well, not so much shouldn't have, but it was an unconscious kind of remark. And I suspect he actually came from a genuine place. Perhaps. So and and maybe not. Maybe it's sincerely yeah, he's yeah. a dick. Okay, right, right. <laughs> you know, we don't know. But the reality is, is we all we're human beings. We make all kinds of fucking mistakes ten thousand right. times a day. So now, I would say you if you felt something was off. Okay, yeah. let's differentiate between what he did or what you were energetically it was feeling. Both. It was both. Okay, so because if you were feeling connection with him you would have probably let that one slip. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what was really going on was you weren't feeling connected to him, mm. most likely. I'm a big proponent of, and I'm, a, I'm always talk about the movie Star Wars, because in the first Star Wars, Luke Skywalker was told by Obi-Wan Kenobi, feel your feelings. That's how you feel the force. Mm. If you really want to get connected to your intuition, start tapping into what you're feeling. Yeah. Okay? Now, his response was a judge on your part it was a judgment okay you judged him yeah okay but what was going on prior to that was you were feeling disconnect yeah and that's why you judged him and it goes back to never take anything personally yes okay we only have a few more minutes so i'm gonna go through we do this fun thing on instagram where we ask poll questions so okay. it's kind of like rapid fire questions i'll do my best most <laughs> of them are yes or no okay how soon is too soon to know if your partner is quote unquote the one, one to six months or six months to one year or more? That one's individual based. I mean, mm -hmm. you can know fairly quick. Two people can know that fairly quickly and two people may never experience it even no matter how long they're together. Right. So I don't know if there's a real fast rule with that, but, mm. um, but two people that actually are feeling it together, they're usually communicative of it to each other. And that's what's most important is, are you communicating how you're feeling with each other on a regular basis? Right. <laughs> is there such thing as going too slow in a new relationship? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that's called long distance. <laughs> yeah. What's the longest relationship you've ever been in? Three months to a year or two to five years plus? Probably. Me personally? Yeah. Well, I've been married, oh, yeah, so, so it's 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't kiss by a certain number date, do they see you as a friend? Do they see me as a friend? Yeah, like if you don't go in for the kiss. I well, I always go in for a kiss. So, I mean, I, but what was what's worse is when they turn the other way. Mm. <laughs> is it okay to call someone out for being a bad texter? It's okay. 
I think anything is okay if you express your feelings in a kind way. Mm-hmm. If that, if you feel like there's a disconnect between communication, then absolutely express your feelings. Just mm-hmm. do it with kindness. Mm-hmm. Do you take someone seriously if they have bikini pics on their dating app profile? Uh I kind of have a 50-50 on that uh-huh. one. It depends on if there's more provocative ones. Right. That I'm probably not. I'd be candid with but you. aren't they I, always provocative? If it's, if you're Well, sometimes bikini. there's a bikini where they're standing on a paddleboard or, you know, like a right. stand-up paddleboard or something so. like that. So, but I, I do try to read the energy. Are they, are they leading with their body? Mm. Then it's probably not my person because I'm more of a sapiosexual. I'm right. more interested in someone's intellect and their right. heart and their feelings. So if they're leading with that, Probably not. Right. That's so interesting. I have a friend who I just saw her dating app profile for the first time, and it's all like seductive body shots. When in reality, she wants someone to like love her and talk about her feelings and like, you know, like be her husband and like, like accept her for who she is and like not think that she's like some slut, like whatever. But it's interesting what she leads with. So she leads with that and chances are she gets men who only want her for a body and then she wonders what's the disconnect. Exactly. It starts with her. She gets men who are like, you're my porn star. And she's like, I just don't get it. And I'm like, (laughs) well, look at your profile. Um, So we usually end our episodes with a quote or a piece of advice. And I know I saw a bunch of quotes in the book and I'm excited to read more of them, but what's your kind of go-to quote? Oh gosh. Well, it's interesting because I was sharing this with you before. Um, It's my podcast I'm going to start called What Would Love Do? Mm -hmm. It's like looking at any type of situation in your life that you feel frustration, you're feeling a disconnect within yourself ask yourself, what would love do? Mm -hmm. And that's not a Jonathan quote, but that's my invitation for everyone to begin looking at your life from the eyes of love instead of ego and fear, because that's what blocks us from true happiness. Love that. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Where can everyone find you, read your book, listen to you? And yeah. Well, first off, I want to thank you. You're a great interviewer, great energy. I just love sitting across from you right now. Um, So you can find me at my website, jonathanasley.com. I'm sure in the show notes here, there'll be a link. um, And I'll give away a couple chapters of my book that anyone wants to check out. So they go to jonathanasley forward slash love or dot com forward slash love. Um, I'm on Instagram, social media, the whole nine yards, uh, and and my YouTube channel. Cool. And if you're single and living in LA, yes, hit him up. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Write us a review and check out our website, wemetatacme.com, for more information and our tour dates upcoming. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>